This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game today. We have got a ridiculous guest. (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Darren Dawson, CEO and co-founder of Bomb Bomb. What's going on, man? Guys, good, good to be with you. We're doing well. Um, much respect to your product. I'll go ahead and get Thank that you. out of the way right out of the box. I'm Appreciate a big fan that. of Bomb Bomb and what you guys are doing, and was really excited when I found out that we were going to be able to have you come on to the podcast. But before we start diving into that and how cool it is and why everybody listening to this should use it. Talk a little bit about sort of your background and how you got to where you were, where you are, and what led you to uh, to create BombBomb. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a sales and marketing guy, right? So always just kind of been doing that stuff. Um, ran a marketing team before this, ran a, a digital team, both content and sales for an NBC affiliate. But that was, you know, now I've been in BombBomb now, I think. 12 years. We started Bomb Bomb in 2006, which was kind of crazy when you think about it. there were no uh video cameras and phones at that time. There were no, you know, YouTube was a privately held company. We we um Connor and I as my co-founder, we we just thought it would be better to send ourselves versus text emails. That was really the idea that I wish we we like I wish there was a way that we could send ourselves and present whatever it was we wanted to tell the prospect. We were doing prospecting, right? Business development calls and stuff. And so back in those days, literally you're given a phone book and said, go get that done. So we wanted to send personal videos because we knew we were better in person. Typically salespeople are, right? You're better in person. That whole point of making phone calls and sending emails is to get in person. We thought, well, maybe we could just skip all that and get in person right away. So that was the idea. But there weren't any things like that. You know, again, this is 2006. It was pretty early. So we decided, well, maybe we could do that as a business. <laughs> we could figure that out. Connor, we posted uh, or we, ho- we we put a server in his closet because, again, no hosting for video back then. And then we put a video on it and sent it kind of embedded in the video and the email a little bit. And we sent it to about 100 of his 
customers at the time, they all went crazy for it, wanting the service. What, what service did you use for this? Oh, my goodness. Okay. So then he's like, we should definitely do this, right? We should definitely make a business out of this. So that's kind of how we got there. But yeah, I've always been a sales and marketing person. Now, I'm just a big believer that you know, sales is the transfer of emotion and enthusiasm about a product or service. And so what better way to do that than through video, especially now, since we're all kind of confined to our basements, homes and home offices and things like that. Again, I, I things changed through the pandemic and I don't think they're going to actually completely go back to the way they were. So now we're in this kind of this middle ground of you're taking the, some of the things that we've learned from that time and some of the things we used to do and combining them now in this new future. Yeah, I think that COVID has opened up a lot of people's minds to things that they may not have been open to prior, right? Survival of the fittest, natural selection, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I mean, we're in a we're in a heavily sales intensive industry dealing with middle market commercial insurance clients at our agency. Yep. I mean, it's not a low ticket item. Our clients, the our our target clients spend between a quarter and a half million dollars a year. For their insurance premium and for me to sit back and think, I'm just going to go ahead and throw them over a video talking about their renewal this year. You've got to overcome that in your own mind, man. And I think that even though we were doing video proposals in our agency long before COVID, I've seen it be a wave inside the industry over the course of the last 18 months where more and more agencies are starting to do that. And I think it's forced that, everybody's hand. It's forced, yeah, it has. It's forced them to think in a way that they wouldn't. And it's really to their own betterment. Honestly, if you think about it, okay, we're going to do our, our proposals now because we're restricted for being able to get in front of our clients like we used to. We're going to do those on video now. How many proposals are going out that are less than perfect at this point, right? When you're sitting across the conference room table trying to close a deal, you got one shot to fire in most cases. <laughs> yeah. And if you miss, you miss. Now, you can fire as many shots as you want because you're really not firing until you hit the send button to get that in front of somebody. The other thing that I like about it is that it involves other people. It helps the culture of the company, of our company, because if we have people that are in a service capacity, they're every bit as vital to our clients as the people who go out and make it rain. They never get to see that because most of the time they're isolated at the office. Now they can see exactly what that messaging is, what's represented, you know, at the point of sale, and they can feel like they're part of something more so than than they would have been before. And the other thing is it's a great training tool for me as the owner of the operation. If I review video proposals and they're choppy or things are left out or there's things that I feel like we maybe could just add this little bit of razzle dazzle here or there or whatever it's easy for me to train and develop my team that way too so i mean pre-covid a lot of my peers probably never would have thought of that and i can tell you from our standpoint we've used video way more during covid even though we had already adopted it that's really interesting i think you touched on a couple of things there that are really interesting to me i think the whole idea of this I'm going to use this product now to um, replicate myself. And, you know, we, it's a lot of people want to say that video is not scalable. Okay. For what you just explained is how video is scalable. Because what you used to do is be in that boardroom and across and you had to get that pitch perfect right here. Right. Um, 
now with video, you can actually scale. So I can send this better message. I can perfect it. Um, I can get that message down and I can send that actually to more people than I could by booking appointments in a conference room. And that was the genesis idea of this, that we want to scale ourselves because we knew our, our income was limited by how many appointments we could do or how many presentations we could make. Now, using this as a scalable process, you can actually increase the amount of presentations you're making, right? And then that presentation that you've provided to them can be easily shared. Now, remember, it used to be you had to get everybody in the boardroom at the same time. Anybody that had anything to do with making this decision had to be there. Now, this applies to what you guys do for insurance, but across the board, sometimes you got to get multiple decision makers in the room. With video, once you send that, they can share that and everybody gets the same experience. It's, it's the same, right? And so what that does is collapses the deal doing cycle, the time to close. That collapses that because it's easily shared. So we're seeing that again and again in this, in this different age. I'll say the one thing that we used to do that we quit doing that we need to do again is this. When we used to go to the boardroom and sit down, we dressed differently than we do <laughs> at our home offices, right? So I really challenge my team the same way. Look, how would you dress if you were going to see them in person in their office? That's how you need to dress in video. Now, this applies to Zoom calls. This applies to video uh, emails or videos that we were sending through BombBomb. Any point of contact with that customer, I think we need to think about that. I've seen a big swing into the other direction, frankly, since we've all been working from home. I think we need to bring that back. I think part of this digital transformation doesn't have to throw out professionalism because I do think that still matters, especially to these clients, right? Look, if I'm if I'm looking at a product and they're very much the same, the products are very much the same, the companies are very much the same, everything's the same, the price is the same, how do I ultimately choose which product I'm going to purchase? What do you guys think? How do I, if everything's the same, how do we decide? Well, I think the average person defaults to price most of the time. And if, okay, let's say price is the same. How do I decide which company is best? Do you have the best relationship with who you relate, you know, who you relate? Whatever the best feel was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's a feeling I get about the people I'm interacting with. Do I feel like they're going to take care of me? Do I feel like they're going to handle my business better, right? Look, feeling comes from humans. (laughs) We get feelings from humans. We don't get feelings from paperwork and think we we can, but it's not as good as a human, right? So that's another purpose for the video, another purpose to think about how I dress and my professionalism, how I'm handling myself on that video, what I'm doing there, because I think it makes a difference about how a prospect feels about you versus your competitor. And now I think a lot of us can win that, right? I know I can. I feel like I can win more than my fair share against my competition because of how I come across and how I'm confident in what we do and how we do it, how we're going to be the best for you. Even if the price is the same, the product's the same, things like that, um, I'm going to win more of my fair share. So I like to point that out because I think it's a big deal in this digital transformation that the customer experience becomes a very big part of the sale. It used to be, it was features, it was products, things like that. But I can build any feature my competitor has and they can build any feature that I have. Features kind of are commoditized in this. The customer experience comes to the forefront, I think, in this digital transformed um, sales process. Yeah, I think Definitely. you bring some, uh, an interesting point up. And, you know, we're talking about 
what it's like when you're actually presenting, right? But what about when you're prospecting? Like there's there's a significant difference, I have to believe, for the people who are prospecting using BombBomb or a tool like it, specifically now that you have the animation in there where you can wave or whatever else to get people's attention. I'm interested in the, in the, the statistics behind that because I know it's not there by accident. Um, but I'm a big fan of video introductions for prospects. Like, look, we're old school to a certain degree. To, to me, we will always be able, we will always be the most successful if we can cold call and get in front of the person we want to get in front of. Even if you're just trying to book the appointment, I feel like that is in our industry and the type of clients we're going after, that is the best rate of return in terms of close percentage. However, there is a subset of those accounts where you're going to knock your head against the wall trying to do that and get in front of those people in person. Why not have a video prospecting tool and just, boom, get it out to your entire CRM at one time, like the whole throw it against the wall and see what sticks thing. I've got to believe that if you're looking to take that approach using a tool like BombBomb, is definitely going to stack the deck in your favor far more than just sending out cold email. Yeah, well, I 100% agree with that. But I would also challenge a little bit there. I think that what you said, I agree with the phone. The, look, I'm old school as well. Get on the phone with someone. It's because you have the dialogue. If you actually can get them on the phone, you have a dialogue. You're going back and forth. But think about video in this way too. I mean, like you said, you have a high ticket product. Um referrals matter in your business the relationships matter in your business that that um wherever like that matters i think go ahead and send that one individual a personal video so you can do the mass email of bomb bomb and you should but take what's your what's your top 10 hit list gosh if i nailed these 20 deals this year my year's made like what is that what kind of approach would that dictate i really think that's probably going to be a more personal one it's going to be a blend of phone calls email whatever it might be, but send a personal video and say, Hey, David, Darren here with XYZ company. Hey, I, I know your time's important. Look, I'll get right to it and, and go into just a bit of that. What is important? What problems do you solve for that person? Why do you work with many others like them? What is that value proposition that you offer? I think a lot of times we get lost in that. That's still selling, right? I got to know what problems I solve. I got to know how I saw it for them. And I got to concisely say that in like under 30 seconds. Okay. So that's the key right there. The that's it. Saying it. Concisely say it. So we're trying to do that in a cold outbound phone. The problem with that, it, it really, it's interruption marketing, right? So I'm trying to interrupt someone during their day. We've all been doing it for ages. It's fine. It works. This is not as interruptive. So I get to send the same message with the same value proposition, the same amount of time, but they get to watch it on their time and it's personal to me. So I say your name every time I make it about the company that you own. I really tailor that message. We're hunting with a rifle, not a shotgun in that approach, but they get to, again, view it whenever they want. So that if that's at 4.30, at 6 o'clock, at 10 o'clock at night, they get to experience you. They get to understand what you're doing in a, in a less interruptive way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yep. And we find that to be very effective. And what I'll say one other thing real quick. You mentioned the animated GIF that we do. We have done a ton of testing on that. And so 
we spend more time because we know what you want from our product is to get an interaction or an engagement or response is the best. We spend so much time thinking about that, how to get that response. And so that's just one thing that we do to get the attention, to get the engagement that we know you want. So, so versus just black text on a white screen, right? Or even trying to call in and we're moreover, because we're remote, it's my cell phone you're calling now, right? This cell phone right here. And so many, dude, there's so many things like, I, I, I can't believe how many calls I get about renewing my, my, uh, Warranty in my truck. Car warranty. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, so what, what happens is everybody becomes that. And I just go, no, 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 no. So you're relegated to a voicemail. Therefore, if you're doing a voicemail, send a video voicemail, right? Like a video email that is like that voicemail that will change that dynamic because it brings you as a salesperson, your best abilities into the situation versus, you know, this all this emotion, tone, inflection, my face, these things are important to humans when we're communicating. When we use the phone, when we use email, we kind of move some of those out of the picture and kind of, I think, handcuff some of our best salespeople's best abilities. Which is why I prefer to do things in person. Like David mentioned, we're kind of old school. I mean, that's how I got yep. started in sales was doing B2B, you know, door-to-door selling office supplies. And it was cold, everything about it, um, <laughs> you know, but... I'm kind of interested. We've talked about this in a sales capacity and how, you know, it's used in today's age and with COVID, you know, people can kind of grasp that a little bit easier. But in 2006, dude, I had a Motorola Razor and, (laughs) you know, like it maybe took five second video. So what, what kind of things did you have to overcome in order to get, you know, adoption, um, you know, on, on the, on the track that you wanted it to be on? I, I would have to imagine that there wasn't as many people who were like, you know, visionaries and could see where it was going 15 years from, from that starting point. Yeah. So, so I didn't quit my day job until 2012. <laughs> so we, yeah. we formulated this idea of the business. We started building software and I didn't quit my day job until 2012 and uh, or maybe it's 2011. Ah, one of those years I quit my day job, jumped on the bomb bomb full time. And even then, I think every year it's been the year of video, right? Everybody's going to be the year of the video. They adopt video and it, and it has every year has been better than the last but you're right. I think the thing that we focused on the most and we still do is the encoding of the video. So even though today, some people listening right now might think, well, I can do this with my phone. I can just send a text with my phone. Well, that requires a couple of things, actually. One, you have that direct phone number of the person you're trying to send that to. And two, um, these phones, this one, I got the 13 Pro, makes an insanely massive video, a beautiful video. They're not made to be this deliverable, quick, easy message, right? So sometimes, definitely, if you're emailing that in any way, shape, or form, um, that's too big. Right. So, and it comes as an attachment. So the, the presentation, the desired outcome you want for doing that activity is an engagement. You're not going to get that engagement by sending a video attachment or sending a cold text video to people that you don't know. That's going to do the, the exact opposite. It's going to make me upset at you for being so brazen in a way. I'd rather you call me. That's acceptable. A text of a video is usually we get more trouble than it's worth from that. So, um, the encoding of the video is what we really focused on to make that easy to be displayed on any device at any time in your inbox, on your phone and messenger and LinkedIn, whatever thing you're using to communicate with people, we allow you to put video there. Okay. And so, and it displays in a way that they can consume it easily. And then we track it for you. We tell you how much they watched, 
when they watched it. So if two weeks from now you had sent me a video and I watched it again, you know about it. And that's an important piece. Again, we're putting together all the pieces of, we'll go back to sales. We can talk about other things as well, of the buying cycle. How do people buy? There's decision-making. It takes time. Will they just open it again? They're thinking about you again. It's a great time to reach back out again after you receive that notification. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I would be interested when you guys move to where you have the animation in the video versus not having that. How did the numbers change in terms of? Well, I don't have the exact that? number. That's been quite a while. We've actually had that maybe five years, but that, we did a ton of testing before that. We actually did a ton of testing around the arrangement of that. So the red play button with the time of the video, if it goes over a minute, we just we don't display the time. If it's under a minute, we display the time. Um, the animated GIF, not the animated GIF. We had 50 different versions in a simulated testing process that ran to determine which arrangement was the best. And the arrangement that we have today, it performed 40% better than any other arrangement of that box, right? So we're always iterating on that, always running those tests, always tweaking. Now we've added things like... Um, you know, calls to action within the video, different elements to that box, always testing what affects it. Now we're really testing the play. So we actually take them to an environment where they play the video on another page, which has calls to action, commenting. Now we have transcriptions there, lots of different things, all about the engagement. They can like the video, they can fast forward the bit, whatever they do, we're recording and tracking all that information and then giving that back to our users to give them more informed idea of what's happening with the message. So this is just better communication. Even, even if you know you sent the text email, you just don't have as much information as what we can provide back to you about their experience with your message, right? So that's where we really spend most of the time focusing on your recipient even probably more than our paying user. Yeah, I, I should probably have cautioned you prior to us starting this. Even though you guys made that move five years ago, the insurance industry from a technology standpoint is like 20 years behind. So no, I, this is okay. still cutting edge stuff there. <laughs> I'm glad it is. That's fantastic. We're living on a razor's edge on the podcast today. <laughs> I mean, what can I tell you? No, I mean, I think it's interesting though. You know, there's a lot of creative ways that you can use this stuff at this point. And COVID has certainly forced every one of our hands to, to move into this different um, environment. Even... You can even use it internally to communicate with your team, right? Like yes. if I wanted to get a message out to my team, maybe I want to do a one-on-one and I know that I get up at four o'clock in the morning every morning and Kyle is not even remotely thinking about rolling over at four o'clock, let alone being out of bed. Well, before I lose that thought, I can go in, create a video and have that waiting for him so that when he does get up and run through his email in the morning, now that message is out of the way. I mean, truthfully, I can knock so many things off my list just by doing a quick video and getting it over to somebody before the normal workday starts for everybody else. Yeah, think about it this way too. How many meetings could you actually kill if you sent the meeting, if you sent the video? So we do screen capture. So I get a lot of this from my product team. We're we're a, we're all over the country, and so I got people in California, people on the East Coast. And they will send me a video. I'm in Colorado. They sent it, you know, on East Coast time at five o'clock in the morning, uh, my time. 
and I'll get it and they'll walk me through some sort of product release that we're working on and it's a screen capture. Well, that just saved everyone time. So if a five minute video that I can then provide feedback on just saved probably a 30 to hour meeting. There's lots of things like that where time is a problem. So, you know, or you're dealing with a customer perhaps that's in a different country or a different time zone. Send it on your time, receive it on their time. They can send it on their time, you receive it on your time. It's really a fundamental shift in thinking when you start to apply that. So uh, quick messages to the team. I do it all the time now. Gratitude. Hey, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Um, so-and-so told me about the deal you just did or, hey, thanks for taking care of that customer. You exemplify the core values of BombBomb. I really – you're great. Here's your Christmas bonus. I don't know. Whatever it might be, like how can we show gratitude to the folks that we don't see in the office anymore, right? How do we you know, have those sidebar conversations a little bit in a different way? Um, I think we're isolated kind of in our basement. So let's let's branch out a little bit and reach out to people. Send them a message either gratitude or thanks. Uh, could be any of these things. I think it, it's a big difference, especially if you're the leader of that organization. I want mm. them to see me. I think retention's a big problem right now for most people, right? Like everyone's facing this, that they call it the great resignation. People are resigning from their jobs or leaving. I, I really think it has a lot to do with we can't keep the culture that we used to have when we were all together. I could do an all-hands meeting and talk to everyone. They could see me. I could have a personal conversation with them. As that leaves, I would challenge leaders, how will you address that? How will you address the retention problem that you might be facing? How would you address maybe even acquisition? You're, it's very competitive for top talent. So how are you going to stand out? How do you be more personal? I think sending videos to these recruits as your folks are bringing them in is a great way to do that. Um, I, that's what I do. Every new customer that we bring in in our mid-market uh, or enterprise level, I send them a personal video and thank them for their business. So I try and do the things where I can to make our business feel personal because I think it's been removed from us with this pandemic. I think the other place where it, uh, it's extremely relevant and important is take COVID and throw it out the window. Um, you know, I don't know about every other industry. I know that in the insurance industry specifically, and some of the other financial services type um, businesses have made a shift toward virtual assistants that are overseas, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. And what I have found out in that process is that the people that we deal with, um, you know, our, our virtual assistant that we use is over in the Philippines. He is extremely literal, like extremely literal. I am as sarcastic as they come and I have to watch myself because he thinks I'm serious with 100% of what comes out of my mouth. So there is no laughing, joking around or whatever when you're going back and forth over Messenger, I mean, I think everybody listening to this at some point in their life has written something to somebody that was taken the wrong way. And the more yeah. literal the person that you're communicating with, the bigger the opportunity there is for you to stick your foot in your mouth and make yourself look like a buffoon. But I mean, being able to have the ability to communicate back and forth, even with your virtual assistants, whether it be showing them a task that you need them to do, or like you said, just... Praise them for doing a good job. Thank them for being part of the team. You know, very specific things that you're praising them for so they can see that emotion on your face. And it makes it more relatable to them when they do that. I mean, there's so many studies that have been done on video. We could 
we could beat it, you know, all day long. I mean, the fact of the matter is video, it's not, people say video is where everything's heading. No, video is where everything was heading. It's already there. <laughs> Those that decided they were going there are just enhancing their presence with the tools that are out there and the, the thought processes that they've been able to develop over the course of the last 12 to 18 months. Well, you know, I agree. I mean, I, I just, it all comes back to if you believe in your business that relationships matter, that you depend on referrals in your business, you depend on, um, you know, people like longevity in your business, that they come back to you year after year after year. If those things are important, how will you increase your contacts with these people? And it needs to be, like you say, Kyle, in person as much as you can. I mean, you should be at least popping by and talking to these folks in person physically as much as you can at least three, four times a year. But what's the what's the other ways you can add to that personal touch? Again, the experience you're delivering to the customer becomes the differentiator. It, it, both in the people that work for you, I think that's the same thing. The experience you're able to deliver as well as your customers, as well as potential customers. How do you deliver a different experience than your competition? So it's just a very, very simple, easy way for you to do this because you've been doing it forever. You've always probably been a personal seller, a person that like invests in the relationships with their customers, knows about their businesses. This is just a way to, again, uh, scale that face-to-face -face ability in a new way that's very simple. It's very it's what you've been doing. I always say, like, think about it. If you were to bump into an existing customer at the grocery store, what would you say? That's what you should say in the video. It doesn't have to be always pitching. It doesn't have to be always selling. A lot of times it shouldn't be. It could be an easy, thank you for your business, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for your business, happy holidays. That's all it has to be. How's the family? How I hope the business was great in 2021. Look forward to working with you in 2022. Done. That's it. But that touch, that connection, they see your face, they see your, your, your authenticity. All these things are human connection things that only humans do. And so how are you giving that to your customers? I think that's something you should challenge yourself with if you're listening to this for the next year. This could really help your business, really make an impact in a new and interesting way that you hadn't thought about before. I don't know why it just hit me, Darren, but we're sitting here talking about video to a group of people that are listening to us. There's like three people that watch this. Yeah, like the overwhelming majority will never see the video version of this. Well, good. I didn't shave today, guys. So just so you know, I, I guess <laughs> we won't translate. I, I could go for two weeks and not look even remotely close to Kyle. So <laughs> Yeah, right. Kyle's got the beard. I mean, that's in charge. <laughs> I, it's I'm not, too Irish it's not to have easy a work, like man. Kyle's. It's not. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> so, I mean, and David kind of alluded to this a little bit ago, and you know, we were just talking about how this industry is slow to change. Like for somebody who's not comfortable with video, who's just starting, you know, to to jump into this, and maybe their hand was forced because of COVID. Like, what advice would you give them? Yep. So we get this all the time. I think people listening now would be saying things like. Yeah, that works for them, but not for me. Yeah. And I'm not good at video. And, you know, I got a face for radio. Trust me, if you see me, I have a face for radio. Folks. <laughs> so the thing is, the, 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 the hill you got to get over 
is when you first get a response from someone that says, wow, that was awesome. It helps you uh, get better at doing video. Okay. So there is this curve of, I don't like how I look on camera. I don't like how I sound because how we sound isn't how we think we sound because we only hear ourselves in our heads. Right. And so that yeah. is very different than how you guys are hearing me I right now. I figured that out after about our first episode of this podcast. Isn't that great? Yeah, <laughs> podcast is a big what You're like, well, I don't sound like that. No, 100%. You sound exactly like that. <laughs> but yeah. that's not how we hear ourselves. So it sounds weird to us. Our brain, our brains don't even like it. Our brain's like, oh, I don't like hearing that. Mm-hmm. And then there's this problem. We've been watching the news for too long, right? We've been watching this highly done or highly uh, produced video that we think we need to do it that way. We think we need to be perfect in this approach. So this is this is your homework. Simply send videos to existing customers that you have a good relationship with and tell them thank you for your business. That's business. Gosh, I hope you're well. I hope 2021 was an amazing year for your, you and your family. Um, wish you nothing but success and look forward to working with you in 2022. There's your script. All of you should be able to deliver that, right? It's a message of gratitude. One, if you do 10 of those, you're going to feel great. You're going to feel great. Listen, humans feel great when they give gratitude. They just do. It's just part of our who we are. Now, here's the fun part, though. That's going to get reciprocated because it's very hard for a human being to hear that. Not like, thanks. I really appreciate that. That's how we respond to other humans saying that to our faces. Okay. Our brains are like, oh, that's, it makes them feel great. And then they're going to respond to you. Keep doing that. Keep, build your confidence in that. And then do some, some pitch deliveries to prospects, you know, build your confidence, send videos to people, you know, they love you. <laughs> you love them. Build that confidence up by sending easy, simple videos. You can do this in LinkedIn. You can do it via email. You can do it on Facebook Messenger. You can do it from your phone. You can text them. You can, any again, any place in Gmail and Outlook, any place you're sending video, BombBomb allows you to create videos and send them. So don't start out with the hardest barrier, which is the cold outbound email. <laughs> start out with the friendly, known, you know, maybe it's people you work with. Start there and then figure it out a bit and then branch out. But, you know, you need to be doing at least 10 videos a day in the beginning. Just get used to it. Figure that out. It's worth it. It only takes, gosh, I can send 10 videos in 10 minutes. I was going to say, man, I mean, if you look at it realistically, I don't know of very many people in our space as individual producers that have books that are bigger than more than 100 clients, right? I mean, I think that if you've got 100 clients in your You're doing pretty good. You've got a, a really good book of business. Like you should be doing a video happy birthday to every one of your clients. You should be sending out an individualized holiday greeting to every one of your clients. It, because think about it, man. Like you just said, you could do 10 in 10 minutes. If you could do 100, even if it's in 120 minutes, how valuable is that for you to take two hours out of your day create a custom individualized message to every single person, which by the way, they know it's custom because it's not like there's any cut and paste of the video where your mouth is mo- like the old, you know, Kung Fu movies where your mouth is moving and says somebody else's name because you've just talked over it every time. hundred percent custom. People will go nuts over that. Yes, and they'll they talk will. to their friends. Um, hey, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> the guy that I buy my workers come from actually took the time to send me a holiday greeting no. thanking me 
I haven't listened to anything you said for the past about two minutes because all I've been able to think about and picture in my head is you going full Marilyn Monroe and singing happy birthday. Now. <laughs> that was Listen, not happen, I got this I customer. Gonna... She's been the customer. They're out of realtors out of Minnesota. All they use bomb bomb for, and I mean, they're really tied into these people is, is to send happy birthday duets hmm. to their customers whilst playing the ukulele. Oh, it's so now, it's cringe. So cheesy, but they crush it. Again, that's they know their customers, right? I don't know if I would sing, but a happy birthday message, hey, appreciate your business message, happy holidays message. You can make this yep. as perfect. Look, you know your customer base. You know the individual, hopefully. If you know, I mean, if it's 100, you might know not know every one of them perfectly, but some of them you have a bigger relationship or a, a longer relationship than others. So you get this right size that in the video, but you're right. Look, it's the holidays. It's frankly the easiest time of the year to do this. Save some money on postage and those fancy cards that I get from 15 other people. I'm a business owner. I get I get all that same stuff and it all looks the same. All my inbox emails, they all look the same. Be different. <laughs> Send me a personal video saying, thank you. I appreciate your business this last year. That that is far cheaper. Look, a bomb bomb accounts about 500 bucks a year to an individual user a year. You can send as many videos as you want to as many people as you want. That's a big ROI when you think about, like you said, the ticket item that you're selling and more importantly, retaining. Because you, the, the question you ask yourself is, will I retain the business? Well, am I, am I more like, likely to retain the business by being more personal and creating a better customer experience than the other company that you know is trying to quote them? Because I do, we get insurance people constantly trying to requote me all that stuff right so i know that you're you have the business hold it retention is just as important as acquisition frankly it's more important because it's a better it cost right it's a it's a cheaper way to grow your business versus and getting a referral from that person they know other business owners get them to refer you oh by the way my buddy brian buffini great real estate mortgage coach it's all he does is irish guy he says Oh, by the way, if you know anybody looking to change up what they're doing for for insurance, please have them give me a call. They can easily forward that video to them. This is my mm-hmm. – he's awesome. You should check him out. So what's what's the story behind the name? Yeah, that's great. So there's two stories. First story, <laughs> it's based on the slang term. Again, it's 2006. You're the bomb. You know, be the bomb. But really, okay. my business partner, there's a woman that told him he was the bomb.com. He was like, that's a great, that's a great URL. Back then, we were, we'd buy a lot of URLs. And this was, everybody did this back in the early 2000s. I'm a bit of a collector myself. I've got somewhere <laughs> so there you go. And so he just thought. 500. Yeah, I probably got 500 URLs in my GoDaddy account. I got the same. So he bought, he wanted to buy bomb.com. That was taken. He bought bomb bomb. He, he just kind of had that. And when we, we decided this was the business idea that we wanted to pursue, he was like, we can use the bomb bomb. <laughs> we can use the bomb bomb URL for this. I'm like, that's great. There you so, go. Yeah. That's the story. Okay. Nice. Uh-uh. What haven't we touched, man, before we wrap up? What do you want to get out there that we haven't talked about? Well, you know, we touched on a few things, but we do have a new book that I want to talk about called Human Centered Communication. That's what I was um, going to ask you. I couldn't. I thought I saw the thumbnail of the book in one of our correspondences, 
Yeah, I wasn't as confident as I needed to be to ask you about the book because sure. I wasn't sure that it was you. So I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. So we have we have two books written by the same two people, not me, which is fine, which is I love. My chief evangelist in our CMO wrote both books. The first one is Rehumanize Your Business. And the second one is called Human Centered Communication, which actually has 12 different authors in it, all from different perspectives about really what we've been discussing here is this different way to approach business from a human-centered approach and delivering a better customer experience than your competitors maybe. I, I think moreover, it's about a case, it's called human-centered communication, a case against digital pollution. It's kind of like what we were talking about when I get the home the, or the car warranty calls. Look, I don't trust it anymore. I, I just don't answer my phone if you're not in it. Also, when I get done with this time with you, I'll have five unsolicited emails or 50, I don't know, a ton. And through the day, I, I would easily get 50 a day of emails trying to get my attention. So we frame that up in an idea that we call digital pollution. And frankly, we're all competing against it. Um, it's this like proliferation of stuff being thrown at us constantly through every device. And so, you know, listen, we're all, we've been saying how old school we are. It used to be if I got an email from someone, I actually thought that they sent it. Do you anymore believe that that person – I don't believe anymore that they sent it. I think it's automated. It's this, it's this a, a mechanical approach, right? That's why when we choose to be more human-centered in our approach, we stand out big. We make a big splash because no one else is doing it. So again, if you want to stand out from your competition, be more human in your approach – Show empathy, show gratitude, be transparent, be vulnerable, be yourself. That's what sales is. That's what business is built on, relationships, right? And like I said in the beginning, the transfer of enthusiasm about what I'm doing. And so we got to get back to that a bit and, and stop relying so much on automation. There's a place for it. But when it comes down to it, business is built on relationships and especially repeat business, especially referral business. So how are you going to capitalize on that? And that's what the book's about, human-centered communication. Well, and my cool. theory in, in what I believe in and have for a long time is that technology is awesome. Automation is awesome, but it is never meant to replace the human experience. Correct. It's there to enhance the human enhance experience. It. And as long as you can go into it with that mindset, you'll be wildly successful doing it. Um, but if you're going to go in and try and replace the things that have gotten us made us successful for all the years leading up to all of the changes that have occurred in the last ten or fifteen, you know, I think a lot of people want to push it. the button on automation and sit back and collect a reward. As my father told me and my grandfather before him, if it's too good to be true, it is. Just it is. Not probably. It is. And I think that's a lot of what we're buying into. That and, and we did it too in our business. Let's just. Hammer out lots of stuff. Well, everybody's doing that though. That's the problem. So now we don't trust anybody to be real. And so how do we, what's the reverse of that? Be real, be human. You know, it's funny too, because with yesterday being Cyber Monday, mm. I was blown away at the number of emails I got from the same company. <laughs> that I probably that don't know that you're on multiple lists of theirs or something. Yeah. Yeah, or in some cases, I'm only on one list, and they literally sent out 12 different messages about <laughs> yeah, or, Cyber or, Monday. Well, I would get emails and then texts. I've, I got, even still t still today, man, I got like three texts from freaking Macy's. It's like, bro, 
chill out. I just yeah. bought some Ray-Bans yesterday. Like we're good. So, yeah. Now. Don't you love that now purchasing something, this is just this license to completely annihilate yeah. you spam in your inbox and text. Yeah. Nuts. It's so this is digital pollution folks. This is what I'm talking about that. And so everyone has to do it more because of how noisy it is. And the problem with that, if you're listening to this with your business is you got to figure out a way to cut through that crap to get to mm-hmm. the people you actually want to talk to because we're all suffering from the effects of this, this pollution, right? Yeah. It, I have a good friend of mine that wrote a book way back when probably we're founding bomb bomb called marketing 2.0. And he used to call it shouting at your audience, right? You know, in the marketing world, you're out there screaming at what you want people to hear instead of just serving them up, you know, what they, what they want to hear. You know, it, it, yes. you're so worried about polluting news feeds or getting the message that you think is important out. And it's really a shallow thought process and truthfully, a somewhat arrogant thought process that you know better what somebody wants to hear than what they themselves know they want to hear. Right. And so I've always been cognizant of that in my messaging. Um, I pay a lot of attention to statistics and click throughs and all of that because that helps me replicate that. And I, I use AI. We, you know, we had the CEO of Lately.ai on a couple episodes ago. Great product, man. For machine learning, understanding the best times for social posting and everything else. Love it. But I use, the, I use that as a crack filler, right? I, it, it, I mean, no disrespect to their product. I, I feel like personally, the best marketing strategy is use the services you can to automate to make sure that you have some level of presence. And then you augment that with the real you personally sharing the things that are important to you or things that are relevant to an industry segment or whatever else. And you can tell, you can tell the difference between the stuff that's organic versus the stuff that is scheduled or whatever else. And look, the algorithms can figure out when you're using a scheduler as well, but I don't ever have to worry about having gaps in my profiles, right? If I miss a day, if I'm sick or whatever else, right. I've got blog posts and things that are scheduled to post out to social as micro posts for the next 90 days. I don't Mm -hmm. have to do anything. I'm literally scheduling into March of next year right now. And that's a great way to use automation though. It maximizes your time to be doing the more important activities in your business, getting, getting deals done it. Right. And so some of the stuff we, which takes a lot of time to write that stuff out, it consumes so much. I love that for automation and it puts in a schedule because effective marketing is timely, anticipated, and relevant. And that creates that for you. I love that. That's a great way to use automation. And then these, whatever, I, the moments that matter the most, your highest impact moments, make those personal. Yep, for, especially if your portfolio is 100 people, 100 businesses, you have an ability to make that insanely personal and that effect that you can, you never lose a customer. Like you will, but you know what I mean? Like your retention will go up. I guarantee mm-hmm. your retention will go up if you focus on those impact moments and make those super personal. I would challenge anybody that's listening to this right now. If you're a commercial insurance producer and you've never done this exercise, this will change your game forever. Take the next week. If you really have guts, take the next 30 days. But when you go on and post on social, whether your profile, you know, whether your platform is LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever, you don't even need to do it across all three. The one you reside in the most, for me, that's LinkedIn. Spend the next week or if, like I said, if you feel froggy 30 days, don't post anything at all about you or your company. Only post about other people. Post about your prospects. Post about your clients. Post about your competition. 
you know, I know it sounds crazy, but if you can do that, you'll actually get more credibility with the online community because you're not always shouting about what it is you want people to hear from you. You'll find out that they're going to be like, wow, this guy's everywhere. Holy mm -hmm. cow, this guy must be really good at what he does. Look at how many companies he's mentioning that he, you know, that he admires or whatever. He represents half of these. And I mean, you can just keep going on and on and on, but the more the, the less the more selfless you are in your marketing, in my opinion, the more effective your marketing is. Yeah, another great coach friend of mine, Jared James, he talks about visibility trumping ability every time. So if you're ever sitting there thinking, why does that why did they get that business? I I'm better than them. If you think that, it could be because you're not visible to as many people as you should be. So visibility trumps ability, right? You can be better than them, but if they don't know about you, it just doesn't really matter. And I love what you just said there because that increases the visibility. You need to be visible to people and know that you're an option. And again, the digital pollution is strangling out your visibility. So you need to approach that differently than you might have in the past. I think a lot of people slide into this. I've always done it this way and I'm just gonna, I'm just not going to change that. And I get that. It's easy. But things are shifting rapidly. And I might encourage you to think about what David just said and increasing that visibility and think about different ways because you don't want that sand to shift from underneath you before you even realize it. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing, too, is there's a big difference between, you know, from a marketing perspective, from a brand awareness campaign versus one you're expecting to be a conversion. Right. Like there are, there are <laughs> Facebook. Facebook ads are, are a great example of that. You know, they're relatively inexpensive, or at least they used to be there. You can invade people's news feeds as much as you want to for a reasonable amount per impre per thousand impressions. Are you going to convert on those? Probably not until that is shown like probably 20 times, but I have a whole closet full of crap that tells you they convert, yeah. you know, over time. Right. And so when you start seeing those things over and over and over again, that's a brand awareness campaign. There's not really much of a call to action. It's just sort of there. It's an impression. And it's like driving the same route to and from work every day. You're going to cross a certain number of billboards on the highway you're going to remember which ones they are. And if you ever are in a motorcycle accident, you know who you're going to call or whatever <laughs> else. But the same thing, you know, the same thing holds true with, uh, you know, the focused approach. That one that you're, you know, there's got to be a time where, okay, now we've got a, a realistic call to action that's going to lead to a meeting or a presentation or some sort of work product that we need to deliver that's when you sprinkle that in. Once your brand has got the reputation and the awareness and people understand that you are there and you've created, in some cases, this myth that you're this massive company, you're not. They just see you everywhere. Then, boom, you, start, you hit in with the most impactful piece of content, your best video, your best blog post, whatever it is. And now, all of a sudden, you're going to get higher click-throughs and more people following your content for the longer term because you took the time to build brand awareness first before you just jumped in and you know took your took your shirt off like your Johnny Thought Leader and you know, now you're wearing your superhero cape and you're going to come out and enlighten everybody's world. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so listen, man, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, we've been going almost an hour at this point. If there's, I'm assuming we hit everything. You know, I'm a big fan of helping the people who come on the podcast get awareness. Obviously, that's why we had you on the podcast. But, um, you know, people who listen to this, 
I've had several offers over the course of the last three or four podcasts. I'm going to do the same thing again. I'm going to buy a dozen copies of each of those two books that Darren mentioned. And if you send me an email with your name and your number or your name and your address, I will send you a copy. And I'm not going to pick. It's whoever gets it to me first. But reach out. Tell me you want a copy. Which one of the two books? And I will send it to you until I run out of them. So take the time to do that. And also, there you go, people. While you are sending that email, take another extra second. Roll over to iTunes or Spotify or Amazon Mm. or iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to us. Leave us a little bit of a review. You guys have been listening to The Beard. I've seen those reviews going up over the course of the last couple of weeks. And it goes back to what I always say. If you want the order, you got to ask for the order. And I just wasn't doing it. Kyle had to step in and show me what was up. Give so, Darren, listen, man, tell them where they can. Yeah, tell them where they can connect to connect with you or learn more about BombBomb. And then I'm going to let Kyle roll us out of here. On LinkedIn, like you guys spend a lot of time there. Uh, just Darren Dawson, BombBomb, you'll find me there. Um, but, yeah, BombBomb, my, my challenge to you would be just take a 14-day free trial. We offer a 14-day free trial and send, like, 20 gratitude videos. Thank you for your business. That's the challenge. 14-day free trial. Get it into whatever service you like. LinkedIn, Gmail, Outlook. Easy stuff. Send gratitude videos to your existing customers. There you have it, people. Yeah, then you can send number 21 to BombBomb, thanking them for changing the way you do business. (laughs) (laughs) BombBomb.com, by the way. Easy to find. Thanks, Darren. We appreciate it. Everybody check out bombbomb.com. And if you like this podcast, please throw us a like or a review. We would greatly appreciate it. We appreciate you. And we will catch you next time on the Power Producers Podcast. See you. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes. And our website, killingcommercial.com.